but I can't imagine that anything is going to exacerbate the pain to the degree that I can't deal with it. Right. So you feel in control of it? Oh, totally. Right. Did you three years ago? No. Did you 10 years ago? No. Did you oh, 20 no. years ago? No. Right. So that's a new thing. <laughs> that's a new thing. Welcome to episode 12 of the Empowered Beyond Pain podcast, proudly brought to you by Bodylogic Physiotherapy. This week, we discuss fact two from the 10 scientific facts about back pain research paper published in the BJSM. That fact was... Getting older is not a cause of back pain. Although it's a widespread belief and concern that getting older causes or worsens back pain, research does not support this and evidence-based treatments can help at any age. So in today's episode, Pete and I sit down with Jan, who is proudly 77 years young and had a 40-year history of back pain and sciatica, which, as you were here, took her to some very dark places, which is unfortunately quite common for people with persistent pain. Luckily, her optimism and dedication combined with finding the right coach a few years ago, and life has been much richer since. Now, before we start today, the topic of suicide does come up in this conversation. Suicide takes the lives of eight Australians every day, more than double the road toll, and it's the leading cause of death for those between 15 and 44 years old. 75% are male, and the suicide rate in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people is twice that of their non-Indigenous counterparts. It's important to remember that if you're thinking of suicide, you are not alone and help is available. Please tell someone you trust today. If you're in Australia, the Lifeline number is 131114 and they're ready to help 24-7. Persistent pain is associated with higher rates of suicidality, so this is something we take very seriously. As always, show notes for this episode are available at www.bodylogic.physio forward slash podcast. And if you found value in this episode, please let us know via Twitter, share it, subscribe, and if you're feeling extra generous, rate and review. We'd also like to let you know that we'll be moving to fortnightly releases of the podcast, so every other Saturday. But for now, on to today's conversation. So Jan, welcome to the podcast. Thank uh, you. Uh, first of all, can we start by you introducing yourself? Yes, my name is Jan and I'm 77 years old. I've been retired for about the last 15 years, but I'm a very active person. So can you tell me your story with your back pain then? So you... Yes, um, I don't want to sound melodramatic, uh, but my journey with chronic lower back pain and sciatic pain has been a hell of a journey. And I look upon where I am at now, at my age, when I've been told um, I'm going to wear out, uh, that um, I'm, I'm as active as, I'm, as I am. Uh, and I seem to have, although I haven't found a panacea, I've got the skills to deal with the pain. Now you've had one hell of a journey, so can you talk me through the, I suppose, the processes that you've been through? The processes? God, I've had every, <laughs> everything known to man. Um, perhaps How I did should... it begin, Jan? How did it begin? Mm. Okay. I attribute my first really acute back pain from a fall off a bus when I was 19 years old. Mm. 
I green stick fractured my wrist and the, all the consultant was interested in was in fixing the wrist and he wouldn't even listen to me when I said my back was sore. So I think it was perhaps a bruised coccyx or something, but it was always from that time onwards, always my lower back was irritated on sitting. Then, um, but of course at that, at that age, at 19, I was indestructible. So over a period of about 40 years, both in the UK and in Australia, I've had bouts of non-specific back pain, um, varying in degree, varying in length of time. Not bad enough for me to take time off work, but <laughs> popping pills and trying to keep trying to keep active, but uh, without any aim in view, just to keep it at bay rather than to try and fix the problem. Just keep it to the level where I can manage. Mm. Um, obviously, during our lifetime. We do things which are, we're told our back is fragile for, for a start, but we do do things. I mean, I'm a very keen gardener, so I've lifted things that are too heavy. I've been in the garden perhaps for a long time, so my back has got so stiff. Um, but uh, I have learned that excessive sitting is the key factor for me. And what sort of job did I do? I was in human resources. I was interviewing, counselling. I was sitting all day. Okay. So can I just ask you, Jan, across your journey, have you had much treatment? <coughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. Have I had much treatment? Um, I think there's a curiosity factor here. I think when you present to a, to a, a practitioner... Uh, because of their duty of care, they, they seem to think that the, the more expensive the treatment, the more in-depth the treatment, the better the treatment. Uh, so what have I had? I've had um, MRIs, which I believe are global. But there are certain practitioners who will not treat you without, without an MRI. That's their first route. You go to the GP who sends you to someone else who then wants you to have an MRI. I've had a myelogram. Uh, all of them proved pretty inconclusive. Uh, then there was the theory that I had conjoined nerves, L45S1, which... This, another MRI a few years later disproved that. So here's the patient, confused, doesn't know the implications of it. Uh, I've had nerve root sleeve injections, I've had facet joint injections, I've had um, nerve blocks. Uh, when I had one of the nerve root sleeve injections, although it was under x-ray control, they hit the nerve. So I levitated. So for two days, I was useless. Um, ongoing treatment, 
chronic pain specialist physio twice a week, which I then... What kind of treatment is that? Manipulation. Was that helpful? Not terribly. Um, it was soothing. It, you feel like you have to be active in your with with your own treatment. You feel that you've got to be doing something. You've got to be pursuing something to resolve it. If if not, you you know you just get resigned and you. There's a difference between acceptance. And accepting something and resignation. Mm. So, so what were the kind of diagnoses that you were given for this problem? What were the diagnoses? For heaven's sake, did I ever get a diagnosis? Um, I don't think I ever got a real diagnosis. The last person I saw, which made me think this is enough, the last person I saw um, had had an MRI done and had looked at it and said, oh, I think we could tidy things up a bit here. Um, it was like having a haircut. Right. Okay. And this, and I was at that stage, I was being offered um, nerve blocks and rhizotomies. Right. And we all do anecdotal stuff. We all do miss Dr. Google. Mm. And you have to be extremely careful because everyone's case is different. But when he offered me the rhizotomy, um, I went home and I talked to a guy that I respected a great deal and he'd had three rhizotomies. He said, Jen, the third one I had, I said, no more, because by the time I'd left the hospital and got into my car, the pain was back. Mm. So... I was looking, and I think all pain sufferers look for a panacea outside of themselves. Mm. They cannot believe that there is a way within ourselves to tease out what are the things that are uh, beneficial, mm. what are the things that are uh, aggravating. And I think until you can work that out, um, the pain will continue to be there. Okay. So I'm really interested in that, the fact that you've had back pain for most of your life, since, yeah. since the age of 19. Yeah. And what were you thinking when you were younger, you would be like when you're at this age? I was thinking, look, I think when you're young, you, you, you do feel you're indestructible. Um, I don't think What was the age when you started to be concerned about okay. your... Okay, um, I suppose... Your, uh, you know, how you would be at this point in your well, life. Well, I don't know if this has any relativity to it, but as a woman, it was at menopause that I was mm. most, uh, mm. most worried mm. about it. Mm. And also, I didn't have a very good role model in the fact that my mother had very debilitating rheumatoid arthritis. Right. Okay. So, so you saw a picture of someone who wasn't Yeah, so I saw a picture of this of this tall lady uh, who did everything she could to help herself but was in a 
a, a corset with bones in right. like that steel mm. bones in a corset yeah. so I'm thinking to myself oh hell so I, I, I was around my middle 40s mm. Okay. And did you have any um, healthcare practitioners who gave you the expectation that you would get worse with age? Uh, yes, I think um, since being in Australia, um, I saw a medical practitioner, uh, a neurosurgeon, and he said, mm, there's, a, there's some disturbance here, but it's not quite clear what it is. Um, and at that stage they were thinking that I had conjoined nerves and the nerves were perhaps touching together as they came out of the socket. Um, he said to me, um, I'd like you to, I, I, I don't want to concern you too much, he said, but I'd like you to go away. He said that this will in, inevitably uh, um, um, degenerate with time. So every time I've had an MRI, they say, oh, disc de degeneration. Well, I'm sure everybody, as they get older, has disc mm -hmm. degeneration. But you were thinking that was going to result in you getting worse with yes. time. Yeah. Yes. And was there any mention of wheelchairs? Yes. He said to me, the neurosurgeon said to me, he said, go home, he said, um, there will be a time when you'll need to be in a wheelchair. Right. How did that make you feel? Powerless. Powerless? Yeah. Mm. Powerless. Did you feel like that was something that was going to happen to you? I felt like... No, I don't think I did. I, th I thought, I'll show you. Right. Okay. So and, do you, so and, even at, and even at that time... Uh, as far as possible, I remember taking, for instance, I remember taking a job and the, la uh, the, the director said to me, he said, well, our hours are 8.30 until 5 o'clock. So I didn't say anything during the interview and I thought 8.30, no, that's not going to work for me. I have to say I want to be there at quarter to nine. I am going to the gym. I don't mm. care what happens. Mm. I would have given. Mm. I would have given away the job mm. rather than not be so able to. So there was go something the in you. Is that someone? Someone had told you to do that. Was that within you that you made that decision? No, I knew that um, I made that decision within myself. So it wasn't I, a healthcare practitioner that told you to do that. No, no, I knew that I couldn't get through the whole day sitting down. Mm unless I got my body moving at the mm. beginning of the day. Okay. Got it. So you work that out for yourself. <laughs> You're your own detective. Yes. Right. I work that out for myself. Okay. So, um, so that picture that you paint is of um, that kind of around the 40, mid-40s period yeah. where you were thinking, my God, this is going to get worse. Mm -hmm. And what was the... Your great, you had your mum, which was that kind of like not a good role model no. of what, but she had a different problem. Yeah. And you'd also been given some scary information around the scans of the degeneration was going yes. to get worse. So yes. you were thinking your body was going to get more and more frail yes. or more vulnerable or I think could, I thought could my, let you down with yeah, age. My body could let me down. Right. But and so you, you were like, 
I'm going to try and keep as fit as I can yeah. to try and limit that inevitability. Yes. So, uh, as a measure to assert, sort of circumvent that, I thought, now what transferable skills do I have? Because I, I have no children, right? Mm. So I've always been a career woman. I've yeah. always worked. I thought, now, what transferable skills have I got that I can change my occupation without changing my occupation? Mm. So, um, someone said to me, um, you've done public speaking. I said, yeah. I said, they said, could you do some presentations for us? So then I became a trainer, mm. and I could stand up Redacted. doing that. Yeah. Um, so I was able, with the combination of the gym... Um, during periods when it wasn't flared up, um, combination with the gym and standing up all day, I was able to reinvent myself. So if you look back three years ago, say. Yes. And you look at to where you are now. Yes. Are you better or worse? Oh, oh, I'm better than when I was three years ago. Okay, so you're three years older. Yes. You're closer to 80 and you feel better. Yes. Much. So that goes against the idea that you're going to get worse with age. Yes. So does. why are you better? Um, what's made you better? What's made me better? Even though you're three years closer to 80. What's different? Because your body's three years older. Okay. What's different is I've given myself permission to give some people the flick. <laughs> um, uh, look... It, your social, my social network is very important to me. But being a compassionate person as I am, I found that other people wanted to dump all their stuff onto me, and of course I accepted it all. Mm-hmm. And then there's no debriefing. Mm-hmm. So if you don't debrief and get rid of it, you're overwhelmed by it. So did that affect your pain? Uh, I, I, it was a burden. It was, How did that impact on your pain then? Uh, I can't put my finger and say, oh, look, I was talking to so-and-so today and my pain got worse. I can't, mm-hmm. I, I can't pinpoint it in that way. But I can say I didn't sleep well because mm-hmm. I was thinking okay. about the things. Okay. And I do know that for me, mm-hmm. good sleep mm-hmm. is important. Mm-hmm. Critical. Okay. So those those social interactions disrupted your sleep, yes. which then disrupted your pain. Yes. So it was kind of like a step yeah. process, right? Yeah. So what else is different? So you're protecting your social world yes. to ensure that your sleep is good, so you yes. don't carry everyone's burden. Yes. What else um, is good? What I else is have, different? Um, I do meditation. Okay. What's that do for your pain? Um, it, it, it's very... It's very calming. Mm. Um, my husband is a very good leveler for me because just sitting next to him, not touching him, just sitting next to him on the sofa, I feel that his calmness uh, can help me. So by transferring it to meditation that I can do anywhere at any time, uh, in whatever state I am, just eases eases me and distracts me. It's okay. another distraction. Okay. I do colouring in books. Yeah, right. Okay. But I think three years ago you were with your husband, weren't you? 
Yes. So were you relaxing and meditating then with him or is that a new thing? Um, it's something that I do uh, that I have done on and off when the pain was so so bad that I couldn't I could hardly sit at all I remember going out for I remember going out for dinner one night uh, and oh, the pain in my back was so bad that I, I said to Bob do you think people will mind if I if I use my cushion to kneel down and just sit at the end of the table like that and that's what I did for the whole meal so then I got to the stage that I people would ring and say look we're inviting you we understand if you can't come mm. right so do you think it was helpful when you guarded your back and set up straight no right why did I, you do it then uh, because we're taught, we're taught about posture, and I'm a, I have to say, a chiropractor that I've been to, bang, 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 come back on Wednesday, bang, 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 come back on Friday. Um, uh, the people that I've been to is, uh, have said to me, you've got to think about your posture. You you've got a luxation in your back. Your um, you're, you're tense, mm -hmm. uh, you've got to protect your core. And yet the latest practitioner that, I got, that I'm seeing says, oh, let that belly go. And it's just like a breath of fresh air because you go, ah. <laughs> right. So you've told me a few things that have changed for you. Yeah. The way you hold yourself, mm -hmm. your ability to relax, some mm -hmm. of your beliefs around your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The way you manage your social interactions, mm -hmm. your sleep. Mm -hmm. What about the way you move? Has that changed? Uh, the way that I move. Like if you were uh, bending over or picking something up or using your body, do you think um, that's changed? Well, I, c I can definitely say that um, I've always been taught you must bend your knees. You must not lean over from... From a straight back, you must always protect mm. by bending your Was knees. Was that helpful? No, not at all. Because I, because um, when I did yoga, you bend from the waist and bend forward and bend down and put your hands flat flat on the floor mm. in front of you, mm. uh, which I find extremely good because it it releases all. The, Right. This is at the bottom of my back. Okay, so you've learned to ignore quite a lot of advice on your journey, basically. <laughs> and it's made you feel better. Yeah. In spite of the fact you're older. Yes. So if someone said to you, back pain gets worse with age, or I'm worried that it's going to get worse with age, or I could end up in a wheelchair, or if you heard that, oh, you know, the joint's going to wear out, what would you say to them? I would say to them, be, I, I would say, be prudent, don't do stupid things like, oh, for instance, uh, there's a box to be moved. Well, I will kick the box and see if it moves, and if it doesn't, I don't bend down to pick it up. Right. You've got to be prudent. Be smart. But, yeah, but, mm. but not paranoid. I would mm. also say to them, um, we're all responsible for our own health. Mm. We do know 
the things that um, I don't want to say are good for us, but we all know the things that can spark off uh, an, an episode. Uh, and I feel that so many of us um, are overprotective. Mm. I think the, the, the challenge for me has been keep moving. Mm. But you were fearful of doing that. Yeah. Mm. So what overcame that fear? How did you overcome that fear of movement? <laughs> um, uh, by being, I, 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 by being given, by being asked to do follow a specific program. Following the specific program, at the end of it, you get results. Well, if you get results and they're good results. So it wasn't something that was done to you. It was more like a coach who could take you through that exactly. journey. Exactly. Right. So things that you can do yourself. Yes. Right. So um, I go back to uh, a couple of times practitioners have said to me, you need to rest. Mm. And that seems to be a common thing. Look. Mm. Sounds the, like rest for sleep's good. Yeah, rest for sleep and... Mm. and, and Sometimes when the sciatic pain is so bad, I will go, I will say to my husband, I'm going to bed for a couple of hours, I get the heat pack, and that's the rest that I have. But not for days and days and days, because you get stiff and useless. Then you become fearful of doing anything. So are you fearful of the future in terms of age, in terms of how do you see your future then? Because it sounds like the last three years you feel like you're doing more you've got more strategies to control it sounds like you've got better control over your pain mm -hmm. you've you've got tools yes yeah yes what was the question so so how does the next 10 years look like for you well i'm a realist i know i'm not going to be trying to climb everest mm. but I'm absolutely convinced that I'm going to be going to the gym on a regular basis. Right. I'm absolutely convinced that I'm going to be doing the things that I want to do, having a social network, going out, mm. eating and, and various things. Um, the future the future is day by day. I, I don't want mm. to predict, predict what I'll be doing in three years' time because... I absolutely don't know, but I can't imagine that anything is going to exacerbate the pain to the degree that I can't deal with it. Right. So you feel in control of it? Oh, totally. Right. Did you three years ago? No. Did you 10 years ago? No. Did you oh, 20 no. years ago? No. Right. So that's a new thing. That's <laughs> a new thing. And the other thing is, um, you... Uh, you are always um, mindful of how it has been. And I, I give myself, mu I'm much kinder to myself and I give mm. myself much better self-talk. Mm. I go, now Jan, you know you can get through this. It's not as bad as you think. Now, what did you do the last time? Right. Do you, I, I, I actually... So you're, own, you're your own coach. Talk, talk to myself, yes. You're your own coach. <laughs> if you put it that way, yes. Yeah, mm. I talk to myself and I go... In a calm way. It's, yes, it's mm. not that bad. Come on, you can do this. Mm. 
I have had suicidal thoughts once, just once. How long ago was that? 2014, I was in France. Mm. Uh, the itinerary that we had looked very doable. Mm. But I was on planes, in cars, on beds that I didn't know, mm. staying up late at night, all those things. And all these factors conspired that I could hardly walk. I went to a GP who gave me all sorts of opioid drugs and whatever have you. Didn't work. I had a nurse coming home twice a day to give me injections. How I got back to Australia is all a blur. Mm. And I thought, I'm never going to that place again. But while I was there, one day my husband had to go, went off to do some research. And um, I went into the bathroom, I looked at my wrists and I thought, I'll make a mess of this. And just as I was at the bathroom mirror looking at my wrist, the owner of the apartment, who never came to the front door, knocked on the door and said, I saw Bob go off this morning. Um, I know he's gone out for the day. Would you like to come and have a cup of tea with me? And I thought, well, that was opportune, wasn't it? That saved me doing something I didn't need. So you were feeling very desperate at the time. I was feeling totally desperate. With no strategy to control yourself. No. Mm. Do you ever think that will happen again? No, never. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, never, never. Okay. Well, I, because if you think about it logically, what is that going to solve? It's mm. not going to solve anything. No, 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 no. But to get into that state again oh. where you feel that no, desperate. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Because no. you have the tools. No, no, no. Because I have the tools. Yeah. And I have a coach mm. for which I am very thankful. Now, I must tell you that at one time I was fearful of... It's a, uh, it's a health practitioner. Uh, at one time, and I spoke to him about it, I was very fearful of relying too much on my practitioner, but I was assured that he was only my coach and guide. And I was asked when I thought another appointment would be appropriate. Choice! <laughs> Practitioners do not give choice. Right. Are you reliant on that practitioner now? No, I like to see him. I like to I, I like to see him to be. Uh, I'm not reliant, but I like the assurance that I'm still on the straight and narrow, that I'm still on the right path. How it's, often do you do that? Uh, well, I've had a little episode lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had a little episode lately where I was moving, 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 moving. So I was up for a walk and I fell over and broke my arm. Right, okay. So I've seen him a little bit more frequently than than I uh, I was gradually being weaned off. Mm. So what does wean look like now for you, frequency-wise? A wean looks like for me now six weeks two months yeah okay. but i'm offered the choice now when do you think you'd like to come back mm. whereas normally practitioners will say i need to see you in two weeks ask the receptionist mm. for an appointment so that's that's nice it puts you in control again yeah yeah 
Have you got questions? Yeah, I just wanted to, we might explore the shoulder pain um, mm. in a little bit, but I just mm -hmm. wanted to get a really clear idea of your trajectory in terms of your quality of life around your back pain and your function around your back pain. So started when you were 19, mm -hmm. and then was it a slippery downhill slope from then, or was it... No, it was... Till um, menopause, and that's when it kicked off? Uh, no, it was... Um, I lifted, uh, there's a lot of psychological stuff around the episode that I can put my finger on. Mm. I was a careers advisor, which meant that I went out and promoted the place that I, well, the college that I was working for. And this, this particular evening, um, I had taken my display board with me, which weighed 16 kilos, and I had two bags of uh, briefcase and a bag in this hand. Uh, it was 10 o'clock at night, it was very cold and it was very wet. And I slipped because I had this um, great big display board which um, broke down into sections, but I had 16 kilos hanging around my mm. neck and these two things here, and I slipped. Mm. So when, when was that? How old were you roughly uh, Nineteen. 80s, um, yeah, about 1983 that was. Sure, so, so that, I was that 40. was a big spike in yeah, terms of your, big spike. your pain and big spike. functional limitations yeah. then. And then it's kind of, hey, you've had episodes since. Yes. And in the last three years, it's actually got better. Yes. Now, that's quite abnormal for the typical trajectory of back pain. <laughs> yes. you know, and, and maybe, you know, from a research perspective, maybe, Pete, you can talk about what is the normal trajectory mm. for back mm. pain. So it's a good question, Kip. Um, we've done lots of epidemiological research to go what in a population, mm -hmm. when does it begin? Mm -hmm. So and typically it's very unusual to get back pain before the age of 10. <laughs> very unusual. <laughs> but around the age of 16, 14 to 16, a lot of young people start saying, oh, I've got a bit of a sore back. Around the age of 17, up around one in five will be reporting significant back pain. Around the age of 20, um, then that's up in around 30% who'll be reporting back pain where it starts impacting on aspects of their life. Is that related to technology? Um, no. So there are lots of factors that can influence back pain. Some of it's lifestyle factors, some of it's stress-related factors, um, uh, some of it's you know, you know, um, how much activity you engage in or not. Mm -hmm. uh, so lots of things can influence that. Um, but we do know that if you track across time, most people see it that if you've got it at an early age, that's it for you. Now, there are some people where back pain becomes something that is a fluctuating. Mm -hmm. Others, it's, it's, it can get worse. Yeah. And part of that can be some of the things that you described to us around getting told scary message or not being informed or not having a clear understanding. So the mind runs wild when you don't have a clear understanding of what's going on. Not having tools in your toolkit that allow you to have control over it, get on, get on with your life, keep active, engage, you know, strategies to dampen down your nervous system rather than wind it up. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, that then can escalate over time for some people. And I think you were someone who was probably caught in that cycle where your system was so wound up um, and you were so guarded and protective, it took nothing to fire you up. And it sounds like your journey has been quite a different one of like de-escalation, of relaxing and moving and confidence and having control over your body. That often, if you don't get that, the trajectory just carries on basically. Mm. But what we know from the research is that um, often you'll see a peak around the mid-40s and for many people it tails off. 
and as to why, we don't really know why. Um, uh, but uh, we certainly don't see, we, what we do know is that there is a group of people going into older life when they're not doing well, they become dependent on opioids, they become very fearful, avoidant, they stop exercising and moving, and that's a terrible situation because it can have major impact on other issues around their health. Um, the key thing with aging is aging well. Yes. And that's aging fit, strong, active, in control, all the things that you've pretty much told us. Um, but that's not a common thing that people believe. Because if we ask people in the population, what do they think about backbone? They think, oh my God, if it's like this at 30 or 40, what the hell am I going to be like when I'm 60 or 70? Because that's the common belief out there. And the key thing that we say to people is back pain is manageable at any age. And I think that's the key. At any age, it's manageable. Mm. But the best things you can do for back pain are the things you can do yourself. Mm. And sometimes you need a coach to help you when you got stuck into a bad cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, I, I, I just feel with the opioids... Um, my ex I have a very low drug tolerance... And God, I've had hallucinations. Oh, the amount of drugs! Oh. Mm. oh, oh, this is the vogue. This is what seems to be the one that people take. You know, so you take it, and you're either a screaming lunatic or you're mm. crying all the time. Mm. So that was another so reason for well, me. Yeah. That was another mm. reason for me searching out something for me mm. that that gelled for me, mm. which didn't introduce chemical right the other thing that this kind of taps into is this idea that we degenerate over age and we know our structures change the way they look with time it's a bit like gray hair or wrinkles or whatever it's a normal part of just getting mm. older um that's not something now that concerns you i'm hearing Mm, no. 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 So you're quite I don't, confident I don't even to mind use... my grey hair. No. <laughs> <laughs> You've embraced it day by day. Yeah. But that's the other thing that we know does change. So if you take a scan of someone's back at the age of 45, 80% have so-called degeneration. That's like changes within the disc so you lose water content. It's a very normal thing, but that can be a really scary thing for people because the word in itself, degeneration, is like I'm degenerating, I'm kind of falling apart, I'm, my body's not as trustworthy. And so that's something that has a strong connotation with aging, mm. that people start thinking, oh my God, I'm now getting older and I'm going to, you know, that's the wheelchair. The end point of that is I'm no longer better function. Um, and I, that's not something that you're now, you're, you're functioning better, mm -hmm. but you're older. Yeah, but I also think um, uh, there's a certain level of curiosity. Um, some people don't want to know mm. what they, some, mm. there are people who you suggest something to them that, that could help, and they... They do it once. For instance, yeah. exercises. You know, so I, I have been so fortunate to have been given specific exercises uh, which I have found do... I didn't even think I could do the jolly things, but mm -hmm. I found that I could do them, and they, and they work. But you've got to keep at it. You've got to be committed. You've got mm -hmm. to have goals. You've got to measure the goals. Yeah, some people they go like they get a prescription and they take they take something once mm. 
or they do the exercises once. It's, right. it's not so enough. So the discipline is the it's other discipline. thing. Discipline, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, my father was a military man and we had plenty of discipline. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So you learned that. <laughs> so, so I'm hearing that that, that discipline is, is some, something you'd advise someone that maybe a colleague of yours who has come to you and said, you know, I've been struggling with my back pain or I've got some disc degeneration or my doctor said I've got disc degeneration or some bulging discs. And, and that discipline is something that you'd advise them to. What other advice would you give those sorts of people? If they're coming to you saying, oh, you know, my back's just wearing and tearing, it's, it's going to get worn out as I get older. Because um, those were the messages that you were given, right? Yeah. And, and you're, you didn't go down that path. Yeah. So what advice would you give to your I, colleagues? I, 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 w- I was very fortunate that I happened to hear about some research that had been done and... I was able to evaluate it in terms of my own back pain. Mm. So what I would say to people is be curious. Don't believe all that Dr. Google says. There's a lot of anecdotal stuff out there. Mm. But if you want to, and and you've got to be careful about joining self-help groups Mm. because we can all whinge together. Mm. But someone you, you respect... Um, talk to them about it. What did they find helpful? Talk to a practitioner. Talk to a, a practitioner who doesn't want to keep poking and prodding you. Talk to a practitioner who can give you some evidence. Mm. So um, that's about demanding evidence from your practitioner. Yes. And demanding management. Yes. Tools, skills. Yeah. yeah, skills. skills yeah. You know, what do I do? I remember... My husband used to go away a lot um, overseas. Well, do you think my back pain was worse then? (laughs) Uh, But I also um, started waking up in the middle of the night and shaking. Mm. I had no idea what it was, but it was frightening. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, I went to the doctor. I said, this is unusual. and uh, He gave me a little book. He said, look, I'd like you to take this home. I'd like you to come back and see me in a week. So I read the book avidly, took it back, and he said to me, did you relate to any of those symptoms in there? I said, the whole book full. Mm. He said, you're having panic attacks. Mm. So to me, that was just so helpful. Mm. But I realised that with back pain, there isn't one... Everyone is a different case. Mm -hmm. Everyone is different. Mm -hmm. Everyone is an individual. What aggravates me Mm -hmm. might not aggravate Mm -hmm. someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be tailored for you. Yeah. But I think you touch on another thing that's really important, and that's around trusted um, sources of information. And we know there are some really, really trustworthy websites out there, like Pain Health, and I'm really happy to push that. So the Pain Health website is um, government-funded, West Australian government-funded, mm-hmm. um, and it puts up evidence-based, only evidence-based health information. And that's a really important resource because what there was a study done recently that looked at the accuracy of a lot of the back pain information on the website, and it's not a lot. Most of it's not accurate. On the and general so website, on the general, yeah, on the general internet. If you if Google back pain, you look it up, you'll hear some scary stuff around your back's worn out but you know google number one i think is you know back pain is caused by degeneration in the disc and it's going to wear out with time well that's the very thing we're talking about today um and unfortunately it 
perpetuates the myth. Uh, yes, I think you've touched on something that I thought about, which was education. Okay, I want to buy a new TV set. Do I just go in and see that one in a box and just say, well, I'll take that one? No. I go, what size can I have in my lounge? What, what does it do? How easy is it? I do some research. Well, my health is the... I can't replace it. I, it's the one thing that I have that I need to have some control over. I can, I can do the exercise and all that, but be curious. Educate yourself about it. And that's what this podcast is for, actually, is is to take, you know, people like us who work in the research world and to try and make it sensible, logical, understandable for people who live in the real world. Yes, yes. That's what this is about. I'm really passionate about it because um, I would never want anyone to go through all the pushing and prodding and cranking Mm -hmm. and pushing. Um, That I, and all the drugs and treatments and, oh... It's, it's, it's endless. It's fatiguing. We know it's not life-threatening. It's fatiguing. It's time-consuming. It's inconvenient. And it's expensive. Mm. Mm. Good summary. That's a really good summary. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jan, for sharing your story. It's a real pleasure. So there you have it, the end of another episode. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you want more information please head to the show notes page for episode 12, which is www.bodylogic.physio forward slash podcast. Now, as you heard, the topic of suicide did come up in this conversation. If you're having suicidal thoughts, please remember you're not alone and help is available. We implore you to tell someone you trust. And if you're in Australia, Lifeline's number is 131114. Next time, which, as we mentioned, will be in two weeks as we move to fortnightly releases, we tackle back pain myth number three. Now, we're incredibly excited to bring you a conversation with Professor Rochelle Bookbinder. She's a rheumatologist in Melbourne and is one of the authors behind the infamous Lancet series on low back pain. She is truly a world-leading authority and we had a really insightful conversation which we cannot wait to bring you. But until then, remember to ask... Is there more to pain than damage? Please note, what you heard on this episode of Empowered Beyond Pain is strictly for information purposes only and does not substitute individualised care from a trusted and licensed health professional. If you would like individualised, high-value care for your pain, sports or pelvic health problem, head to the BodyLogic website and make an appointment. Theme music generously provided by Fervin and Cash.